what's up y'all it's zach with living corporate now look every now and then we try to mix it up for y'all because you know so look dependency and consistency is really important but even within those lanes of consistency you got to have a little bit of variety you know what i mean you don't come home and just eat the same thing every day or even if you do you know you got a meal prep thing maybe sometimes you put a little red sauce maybe sometimes you put a little green sauce you know you gotta just you know mix it up from time to time maybe sometimes you grill it maybe sometimes you saute maybe sometimes you rotisserie you gotta just am i hungry yes i'm hungry y'all my bad listen check it out we have another entry (laughs) for y'all from our see it to be it series amy c weininger ceo of lead at any level as well as the author of network beyond bias She's actually been a member of the team for a while now. So shout out to you, Amy. Yes. Thank you very much for all of your work here. Um, And part of her work has been in driving the series called See It to Be It. And the purpose of the series is to actually highlight black and brown professionals in these very prestigious roles, like within uh, industries that maybe we and when I say we, I mean, black and brown folks. I see y'all that we may not always even know exist or envision ourselves in. Hence the name of the series. Right. So check this out. We're going to go ahead and transition from here. The next thing you're going to hear is an interview with Amy C. Weininger and a super dope professional. I know y'all going to love it. Catch y'all next time. Peace. My guest today is Ralph Smithers Jr., who leads diversity and community engagement at Encova Insurance. He is responsible for managing the company's diversity and inclusion efforts, as well as managing the Encova of Ohio Foundation, including relationships with community stakeholders. Ralph joined Encova, or motorists, in 1989. He has extensive experience in a variety of operational roles, including personal lines, commercial lines, customer service, and human resources. Ralph was recognized as an outstanding diversity champion in 2019 by Columbus Business First and also received the President's Award from the Columbus Urban League Young Professionals. In our interview today, we highlight his work in community service and as a community engagement lead for Encova. Please welcome Ralph Smithers, Jr. Ralph, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I am great. It's a great day to be working from home, and it's a great day to be talking to you. Thank you so much. So I don't know when this episode will air, but at the time of this recording, we are right at the cusp of school shutting down, work from home mandates, um, and all of that related to coronavirus. Hopefully, by the time this episode airs, this will all be a, a distant memory and you know something that we can look back on without too much you know, without too much sadness that, you know, we all made it through and that we did the right things and we were able to, you know, avoid the kind of crises that other countries have seen. But um, assuming that that all happens and we are all, you know, still here looking to make um, great decisions about our careers and great decisions about the future uh, for ourselves and our companies. Um, I'm here talking with Ralph today about his role. Now, Ralph, as I understand it, you have two really full-time jobs at your company. One is as the uh, diversity and inclusion director officer um, at at Encova, Encova. Insurance. Mm-hmm. I almost said motorist, but you guys, <laughs> you had the, your um, your merger, and you also run community engagement for the company. And I want to focus because uh, we haven't had um, a community engagement. Um, director, manager uh, on this 
series before, really talk about that role and what that means, how you got involved in that. That's the part I really want to dig into today, uh, because I think there are a lot of lessons there for our listeners around not just what they can do in their work, but also how they can leverage outside activities to um, inform and to expand their roles. Um, but also, frankly, to to talk a little bit about what Encove is doing in the community and sure. help people understand the corporate responsibility aspects um, that companies have. So to start, there's a lot there for a 30-minute show, but to start, um, I wanted to ask you, how did you come to be in this role? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the things about my my background is is that I've I've I have a very eclectic background, and I you know started off in the industry doing traditional roles in, in underwriting, and uh, later moved into um, learning and education, and I did that for a number of years. And to be and, clear, the uh, industry. I'm oh, sorry, to be clear, the industry that you work in is the insurance industry. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm in the insurance okay. industry, sure. Go so um, long, long and short, um, I, I've worked for a, a relatively small company. Our, our company employs about 1,100 people. And um, when, you, when you work for a relatively smaller company, you may, um, as we have at our organization, have opportunities to wear a lot of hats. I've had 13 jobs uh, since I graduated from college, um, going back, you know, for as long as I could remember, I was always interested or wired to participate in uh, community service. I have had chances to serve on boards and, and be a volunteer and so forth. So in that journey, I was able to kind of develop a level of expertise that was greater perhaps than my colleagues. And when an opportunity came to uh, lead out this effort, I think that just the fact that I had served on some boards, I'd been a volunteer, maybe more so than um, others in my organization, um, it just was sort of a natural ask. It's, hey, uh, would, would you like to take this on? Um, it wasn't necessarily something that I had planned on or, or applied for. Um, in fact, in, in my career, I, I haven't actually applied for a job in over 25 years it's been a matter of someone tapping me on my shoulder and saying hey we'd like you to like you to do this so that that's kind of how i got into it um it, it wasn't necessarily planned but you know i just try to make the most out of every every opportunity i get thank you for that now there, there was a lot in there i want to ask you about but let's talk first about so board service may be a new concept for a lot of people. I know it's something that I've only learned about recently. I'm 20 years into my career, um, but coming into, um, you know, into the professional world as a first generation professional, these are not things that we know about growing up, right? My parents didn't serve on a board. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know anyone who did those kinds of things. And so can you tell us a little bit about what's involved in serving on a board, what your responsibilities are, and what you might want to consider um, if you're thinking about about joining an organization in that capacity. Sure. So um, nonprofit boards 
uh, is what we're referring to. And so these are all volunteer roles that, that we're talking about. But, you know, they, they vary significantly. Uh, the more sophisticated the organization is, um, it's more of a selection process than just raising your hand and saying, hey, I'd like to be a, a volunteer. So I've had a mix of, of both um, ones that I just volunteered for versus um, really having to go through an interview process and, and be selected. But uh, board members are fiduciaries. Uh, usually uh, what they do is provide um, oversight to a uh, nonprofit, usually to the, you know, directly to the uh, leader of the organization. So you, in effect, uh, become that person's boss. Um, the decisions that you make uh, not only have an impact on uh, the organization and hopefully, you know, to the good, but, but also, you know, there, there could be some um, consequences if, if you don't handle those responsibilities right. So, you know, it isn't, um, you know, as a fiduciary, there, there's a, a greater um, level of responsibility and expectation. Um, usually uh, with, with boards, and, and it really varies, there's a, a a variety and maybe I can go through some different roles and, and definitions you know the first kind of thing that you can get involved with is a committee uh, maybe say like a steering committee where your role is just to be a sounding board to the organization you really don't have any fiduciary responsibilities um, you're not really expected to do anything other than just you know come together and listen to ideas and kind of give your impression of those to help uh, provide direction. It's always good to have a, a set of rear view mirrors if you're a leader, and that's essentially what you would be doing as a steering committee member. Um, another uh, role is that of a trustee. Uh, trustees tend to have more of an oversight role of the organization just to make sure that the processes are moving along. There, there are usually officer uh, type positions uh, within a trustee group, but um, you have a, a somewhat of a, a different fiduciary responsibility than a full, full board member, which I'll discuss here in a second. But usually that's more of an oversight role. And um, you, you don't, say, have an expectation that you might be doing a performance appraisal for the leadership or reviewing policies in great detail. So that, that's the second level. And then the full board member is... Um, you know, when you're, when you're a fiduciary, and I'll maybe just relay some examples of some of the things that I've encountered in my journey, but um, you, you provide oversight, uh, you provide coaching, monitoring, uh, supporting. Um, you might be asked to be on a committee uh, within that board, so there might be an executive committee that includes the officers of the board, and then even going beyond that, um, most boards have a, a HR committee, a fundraising committee, uh, depending on the nature of the nonprofit. For instance, one board I was on had a service delivery uh, committee to just oversee the effectiveness of the organization. But there are some, you know, pretty um, big responsibilities with that. Um, for instance, uh, I've chaired a couple of HR committees on, on some boards I've been on, and one of the biggest parts of that role is to provide um, to help with the performance appraisal uh, of the CEO. And, um, you know, so that might be a opportunity to get into some more advanced uh, types of management than a person might be able to 
do in their in their normal uh, job. Um, a lot of the boards that have those higher level responsibilities also have some sort of fundraising uh, type requirements. So um, that might be a personal financial commitment or it might be a give or get uh, commitment saying that, hey, I have to raise so much money uh, on behalf of the organization or I have to contribute uh, so much money on behalf of the organization. So that, that's where it gets into a higher level. And uh, I was on one board where early in my service, uh, part of the orientation was they issued an ID badge for me to get into their building. And I thought, oh, that's that's cool. You know, I thought, you know, hey, that's kind of like something I'll hang on my wall or, you know, kind of proud of. But I had to use that thing to get in the building because that meant I had a lot of, a lot of work to do. I found myself uh, in and out of their building you know, at least, you know, every other week, if not once a week. So, you know, it could be, you know, pretty, it's like, could be like another job, but it, it can be also very rewarding. And, and I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about the networking and the reward uh, as we, we go further. Yeah. So one of the questions that, before we get to that, one of the questions that I have for you is, you know, how important is employer support if you're going to serve on these boards? Because it sounds like you're doing a lot of work, um, probably that that overlaps or conflicts with some of your nine to five responsibilities. And I know you and I have talked, your nine to five responsibilities go like seven to 10, right? 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. most days and a lot of weekends. So, you know, how much employer support does a person need to have to participate in these nonprofits at this level? So it really depends. Um, the, the support probably depends on the board and what I always do when I'm either being asked if I'd be interested in being on a board or if I'm being asked if we have colleagues that might uh, be interested in serving, I always for a one-pager to help document what the responsibilities are. So, you know, that might include when are, when are the meetings, you know, are they after work or are they, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning? Um, obviously that personal financial commitment, uh, what type of events uh, do I need to go to? Uh, when, when are they? Are they during the day or are they on the weekend? So I think that, um, so that's the, the range of questions for the individual. And then, you know, sometimes the boards, um, you know, are for better, for worse treated as uh, fundraising vehicles. So if there may be an expectation that, that, you know, maybe you can help get your company to contribute a certain amount of money uh, to, to the organization. So it is something that depending on which board is selected um, could, you know, really require a very supportive employer. It just depends on what the requirements are. And uh, as a person that also, um, you know, part of my role is to manage our foundation. It's really advantageous as an organization for us to have associates that serve on boards because they are providing financial and fiduciary oversight so that I know that if we invest in that organization that they're keeping an eye on, on how things are, are going. And um, anyone that's listening to this conversation might just do a search or be more sensitive to the news after hearing this, but I have read about a lot of um, situations where maybe things start going wrong at an organization 
where you know it, it gets to a level where it gets into the news so there's a lot of responsibility you're putting your reputation on the line but you're also um, building a tremendous skill set and, and networking and so let's talk about those skills because here's here's something that i deal with a lot when i'm coaching people or when i'm talking to people about um getting promoted right into that first management role and the first management role says you need three to five years of leadership experience so I always coach, you know, the people that I work with to go find some volunteer leadership opportunities and mm -hmm. that still work and it still counts on your resume. And I wanted you to tell me a little bit about what are some of the skills or some of the, um, some of the accomplishments that you've been able to leverage from your volunteer work into your career. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I I am one that believes firmly that service on a nonprofit board is not only worthy of inclusion on your resume, it, it's probably the kind of experiences that are usually out there to be had usually far exceed any kind of other education and training that you might be able to get at a typical seminar. So there, there's a lot of levels of, of things and, and, and I'll try to be as specific as I can without rambling because this is something that, that, that I'm always excited to talk about. But you know the first the first part is just uh, governance. Um, I um, know that as a, as a board member just kind of getting into that structure where you're learning Robert's rules of order and you know how to take minutes and just how to how to run a meeting that's not a a skill that you can usually go straight to go to a class for it's usually something that you have to learn and and uh, just that whole uh, the fiduciary and governance part you know even when you have parts of the meeting do we need a motion for this you know th th those are things that are, are very relevant and I had a chance once to attend one of our company's board meetings and just got to see that oh hey they, they're using that same process here as I did kind of in a nonprofit environment so I think that's very very uh, relevant experience um, I have been the HR chair for uh, two of the boards uh, that I've served on and uh, part of that responsibility has included uh, doing a performance appraisal uh, for the uh, executive. And um, usually that is done in conjunction with a board chair. And uh, the, the board chair is, um, in my case, I've worked with board chairs that are CEOs of, of, of major companies and have been able to develop relationships with them. So one of the learning opportunities there or even in a general meeting is just how do other people outside the organization that I work for uh, lead? And that, that's been extremely enlightening uh, for me. Um, there are a couple of people that I worked with on nonprofit boards who ascended to be CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And I'll even give a very specific uh, reference. I, I was on the um, American Red Cross board here in Columbus and uh, worked on a committee with a, with a gentleman who I was really impressed with him. He seemed like a nice guy, nice leadership skills, you know, got to know him a little bit, even had a chance to go to a reception at his house once. And then I'm, you know, some years late, not many years later, but, you know, a couple years later, I'm 
looking through our local business publication and he just was promoted to be the CEO of Nationwide Insurance. So, you know, there you go, um, you know, Fortune 500 type um, person right there. And I've had other examples like that as well. And um, I kind of scratch my head. How did I, how did they let me in here with some of the uh, people that I've been able to network uh, with? And, and it's just been, um, you know, in, in my case, I've been able to not only uh, interface with uh, CEOs and C-suite type people at other organizations, but I've also been able to interface with um, community leaders, you know, even in, in, in politics. I, I served on another board with the spouse of the former mayor of, of our city. So there, there's so many different examples and, and it's kind of crazy how um, the, the doors um, open up with that. So there's tremendous learning. And I guess the other thing is, is that you know, if you're just working in your own organization, you get familiar with what your organization does. But I think there's a lot of value in seeing how other um, how other leaders operate and even how other uh, leaders and organizations do reports. So you can pick up little things here and there, bring them back to your own organization. And, you know, they, they, they think you're a genius. Like, how'd you come up with that? And well, you know, so someone else, I, I learned, I learned, you don't have to tell, tell anyone where you got it from, but I, I've seen a lot of examples where I've been able to bring them back into our office and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt your credibility. No, I think that's fantastic advice. And, you know, the fact that you're in there, you know, you kind of alluded to some imposter syndrome, right? Where you're around all these people that are, you know, amazing and, and doing all this amazing work. But, you know, Ralph, I'd like to remind you that you're right in there with them, right? You're there for a reason. Yeah, and yeah. I think that leads us very nicely into the networking piece because, you know, you mentioned earlier, you said 20 years of my career, I've never had an interview. People just tap me on the shoulder mm -hmm. and people don't tap you on the shoulder if they don't know who you are and they don't know what you're doing. So that tells me you've done a really good job of not only doing the work, but promoting the work that you're doing. So can you tell us a little bit about how you do that? That's something I think a lot of people are pretty uncomfortable with is kind of that, you know, that, um, that personal PR or, you know, personal public relations, sure. personal, personal promotion. Yeah. That, you know, um, yeah, that, that's a tough one for, for all of us. Um, I, I think all of us get, sort of annoyed or, or bored with those that are always congratulating themselves that that can be pretty annoying pretty frustrating and um i guess for me i, I just try to be genuine um you know i just try to you know get to know the people that i'm working with and uh while i may walk into the room and say oh my god how did how did they let me in here i have also found that there are skills that I have and, and, and talents that I have that those in the room may not have. And in many pretty notable cases have been able to step up and, you know, take a leadership role and have that group kind of maybe ask the same question about themselves. Like, Hey, how did I get in here? So there's definitely um, a lot and, and it's always a matter of taking inventory and, 
just trying to contribute, listening, learning, you know, asking a lot of questions, not being afraid to ask questions. So, you know, that definitely uh, swings both ways. I, I think as far as the promotion of it, so to speak, I think that LinkedIn is a really great tool to do that professionally and and you know maybe i'll give you an example i'm on the board of the columbus urban league and we opened up a new facility across the street from the the main office a couple years ago and uh it was a pretty big event in the city we had uh the mayor among other people that came it was sort of a groundbreaking we all had hard hats and so forth and uh had a group picture and uh, when you have a chance say to get in a picture like that and you tag uh you know i'm not i mean i was there that's an objective uh fact it, you know i'm not you know making a, you know i'm not saying anything more than that but just say hey grateful to be on hand for the grand opening and uh, then you know if you're network with some of those people and you tag them and then their network see it and then all of a sudden you know you're you're getting a lot of um, people that are learning about your um, involvement that you know are just incredible you know I mean even perhaps reaching into a national uh, level networking depending on 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 who you're with so I think that if you are just doing that in a more um, genuine, uh, natural way, um, and you just do that over time, then, you know, other people see that, and then they may be interested in getting you involved. There, there certainly are situations that I've been in where um, people have learned things about me through that process, maybe learned that I had a skill that they didn't know, where they've approached me about, hey, maybe... Uh, Hey, would, would, can, can I talk to you about this other thing? And you know, and, and if you're able to add value, it does kind of build your brand. Absolutely, brands are never built overnight, right? It takes, it takes lots of time and lots of work and lots of authenticity, and then you have to share that information with other people so that they can see that you're doing the work. And right. I think you know, I think people miss that, right? A lot of people think, well, if I just put my head down and work real hard, uh, that'll be good enough, but people don't see how hard you're working. They only see what you share. Um, so thank and you. I, I would, would like to add one other thing uh, to that. Sure. And that is, um, it's good to have maybe a partner to help, you know, maybe someone else can, you know, you can praise or recognize someone else. And then they in turn down the road, do that for you. So it, you know, it doesn't look like it's all coming from the same place. I think it's, perceived and is in fact you know more authentic and um you know once you do some really hard work with these colleagues they become your friends and they're they're all but happy to you know take turns so that you're not um you know appearing to be uh, just total self-promotion but just genuinely letting the world know what you're doing with the hopes that you know that might make it better for whoever you're serving Absolutely. And when you're doing work in the community, it's, I think it's a little easier to put a spotlight on it, right? Because your accomplishments, your achievements, your contributions are really for the benefit of someone else. Absolutely. And you can, you know, you can talk about community impact. You can tell the stories of the people that you've helped. You can tell the stories of the organizations that, and the work that they're doing through your involvement. So the stories don't necessarily have to be focused on you to be... Wow. Um, brand builders for you. Right. So switch gears just yeah. a little bit, Ralph, in the time that we have left. 
and ask you about on the, so this is, we've been talking a lot about on the volunteer side, your role as a board member, but on your corporate side, you have corporate social responsibilities um, related back to the, the community organizations that you serve and that others serve. Can you tell us a little bit about what is, because I, I think this is something that a lot of people don't understand, right? Most companies have a foundation. That foundation is set up to give back to the community, either locally, nationally, globally. And can you talk to us a little bit about why companies do this, what they hope to gain from it, and how we can learn more about what's going on in our own companies? Sure. I heard uh, someone from a large organization describe this once, and, and I, I hope I could, could do it justice. But the work that a company does through its foundation kind of becomes the identity of the, of the company. Um, that is a way for people in the community to see you, uh, to get to know you, and make it such that, you know, it builds up your reputation. And, uh, you know, and, and where that really comes into play is, is that it, it gives you a, a little bit of space in case something doesn't go right. If something goes wrong, um, they say, oh, you know, we, we understand, we, we know them and whatever happened, you know, certainly wasn't intentional and, and they may give you the benefit of the doubt. So there's a huge element to um, helping people get to know you. Uh, through 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 your investments and um, and a lot of times if if your company is a a, a sponsor uh, of an event uh, you'll be recognized uh, you may even have opportunities to to speak at, at programs but it just creates a uh, confidence in the community that hey you know these are these are good people and they, they they're they're personal they're not just you know, a building or not just, uh, you know, a paragraph in a business publication, but they're real people who really care. And it really helps put names, faces, and identities to help build up the reputation of an organization. And so how can people learn then, you know, if you were, if somebody that's listening works for, a, you know, a medium to large company, how can they find out how to get more involved in the um in this work right in this community involvement work within their company so that they're building a network within their company as well as without yeah the 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 best way uh for people that want to get more engaged is to get to know whoever their leader is in the organization for corporate uh responsibility and those titles vary significantly uh, from organization to organization. So it might be in like, in my case, it's community relations and other organizations. It might be uh, corporate responsibility, but I would just identify um, who those people are. And uh, once you do that, um, you can find out, for instance, you know, what type of volunteer opportunities might be available. Now, a company like ours, we have a, um, a an automated system uh, that helps folks connect with volunteer opportunities and so forth. So for organizations that have that, they can uh, leverage those tools. But I'd say just get to know the people that, that are involved. Um, if you're in an organization and, and you're new and there's some sort of newsletter or communication, usually the companies will feature 
uh, people in the organization that are specifically involved in activities, reach out to those persons that are being featured, uh, find out what they do. And over time, you can collect information to find out uh, what kind of causes the company is involved with and, and then, you know, maybe find a place. I know that one of the roles that I have is um, I love to place uh, my colleagues on, on nonprofit boards. I, it's probably one of the most uh, rewarding parts of, of, of my role is when we can close a deal like that. So I, I've been able to, to do that. And that, that means it means an awful lot when we're successful on that. Uh, the other unique thing about our company is, is that since I also have the DNI uh, responsibility, um, I have, we have a kind of a unique process at our company where our associates review the applications that come in for funding. We make recommendations to our leadership about which causes we think should be supported. And then, you know, they almost always go with what we recommend. Uh, I was able to get the leaders of our associate resource groups to be uh, serving on those committees. So that helps ensure that we have a uh, diverse uh, lens on the decisions that we make. It also ensures that we have alignment. And as we're going through the different requests we have, I probably meet with 90% of the organizations that make an application. I'm able to impart, hey, uh, they're looking for a board member they're looking for this kind of volunteer, or this is the type of work they do. And that information can be disseminated, especially through our other resource groups. Not Now, not everyone on there is a leader in our resource groups, but most of them are. So that's been another good way to disseminate information, but that it's gonna vary by companies. Okay, no, I think that's great advice. And so just to recap, um, what I'm hearing from you is, that if you can serve on a nonprofit board and you can do it uh, with the blessing or the assistance of the organization that you work for, you're not only helping your own career, but you're helping the company that you work for make sure that they are investing their dollars and their time wisely. You're helping the the nonprofit organization um, by giving them good direction and good connections and perhaps with some fundraising opportunities. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're really building a, a stronger community as a whole. So Absolutely. there are so many reasons I'm hearing from you why we should all get more involved in the nonprofit groups in our communities and step up to a higher level of responsibility. Absolutely. And I'll add just one other thing to that. Uh, we all have expertise that we may take for granted. You know, I, I've worked in the insurance industry my whole career and you're around other insurance people that pretty much know the same thing that you know. But then what happens, for instance, I got onto a smaller board and I always make sure they have insurance because, you know, as a board member, I, I don't want any of those things following me home, you know, and I uh, found out that this organization didn't didn't have insurance. I was able to help, you know, even contribute to the whole risk management discussion. So there may be skills that uh, you might take for granted that are coveted uh, by these organizations so it's always a good a good practice just to um, you know participate and you know bring the best you have and and then collectively you can learn and you can contribute absolutely and you can also live your values in a very real and tangible and meaningful way because you get to choose the organizations that you serve 
So if there's a cause that's particularly important to you or something that speaks to your heart and you've got a strong why, you know, connected to that, it's personally fulfilling as well. So Ralph, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing. I'm thrilled that we got to talk about this and we got to record it so other people could hear it because I know we've had similar conversations in the past, but to me, this is just such valuable information. And I think it's something that goes overlooked in a lot of career development conversations. And so I want to thank you very much for your time today. Pleasure to have this conversation with you. I hope that uh, those that are listening, I hope it prompts them to have a lot of questions so much that you feel compelled to invite me back and we can continue to talk that the time went by really fast. I would love that. Thank you so much, Ralph. Thank you. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.